org. The time is 9.59 and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host Andre Bella is up next. Good morning and welcome to Healthy Options a program about integrative health therapies. I'm your host, Andre Bella, and today I'll be talking with Herwig Schoen and Margaret Rowenhorst about reconnective therapy. Margaret is here in the WERU studio with me, and Herwig will be joining us by phone. This is a live call-in show, so at the half hour, we'll open the phone lines for your questions and comments, and that number is 866 625 9378. Welcome, Margaret and Hervig. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to talk about reconnective therapy. Great. And Hervig, do we have you on the phone line? Yes, thank you, Bella. Good morning. I'm here. Good. Um, Hervig Schoen was born and raised in Germany. He's a licensed healing practitioner and has practiced class- classical home- homeopathy since 1989. And from 1995 to 1998, he studied craniosacral therapy at the Upledger Institute in Germany and integrative manual therapy at DCR, Dialogues in Contemporary Rehabilitation, in the United States and in Germany. Herwig has developed reconnective therapy. Um, Also joining us is Margaret Rowenhorst. And Margaret has been a practitioner of reconnective therapy for eight years. Trained as a speech and language therapist, she has long been interested in how people express the gifts and challenges of their lives. Along with her husband, Ronald Van Heeswick, they've created the START Center in Camden, Maine, where they have reconnective therapy group treatments, individual treatments, along with other workshops and events. And indeed, I found out about Hervig and Margaret by going to a workshop in Camden not too very long ago. I came just as an interested person and somehow I stayed for six <laughs> hours, didn't I? You I did. Just, it was beautiful to have you join us. <laughs> I was fascinated. Um, Hervig, I think we're going to start by asking you um, about your background and how you got started with reconnective therapy. From my background, I started the, um, I practiced in medicine, I started with practicing classical homeopathy. Mm -hmm. And um, so I always, not always, sometimes I put my hands on people just when I had the feeling it's helpful for them and it usually relaxed them and and did something good for them. And um, in 1995, I went on an open sabbatical. A lot of my things in my life changed, so I went on an open sabbatical. I didn't. I stopped doing the classical homeopathy, and I had a different type of business then. And uh, this is this was the time when these phenomena started happening that today I call the reconnective therapy. And so when I put my hands on people then, which I occasionally did, I let everybody know, you know, I'm done practicing healing arts. And, but people, friends, they still kept coming there and they had that. And, and also clients from from my uh, other business that I had, I had a tree cleaning business, they came to me like out of the blue and asked me to heal them. And I said, okay, I have no idea how, how you got the idea that even I could do something like that. But I did. and very intense things happened. So healing, like beyond anything I'd ever seen, like I remember this woman who broke her legs that day and I had my hands on her and half an hour later she was walking on it. Like almost normal, she just no pain, there's nothing, it's just good. She said, I can walk, it's fine. And so after like watching this for two years, I got myself back into practicing and I opened a practice and I offered something that I didn't know what it was and how it was, and I didn't have a name for it or anything. I just said, okay, I'm available, I'm here. If you wish me to work on you, I will. And so people kept coming. It took like a few months and I was fully booked. And it just kept going.
like this and I observe. What is it I do? How does it work? And I had a little book where I wrote everything down that I experienced and I've helped to get a picture of what it is. It took me about two years to get a basic understanding of what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. So, so let's look at some of those basic concepts of reconnective therapy. Um, I know for, for people who are um, interested in this subject, Hervig has written a book called Reconnective Therapy, and it goes into quite a bit of detail about these concepts. But, but can you tell me basically um, what, what are the basic concepts of this? I know you talk about in the book uh, that RCT restores the missing connections in the energy body. Um, and explain to us what, what the energy body is and what the, uh, how is it different from the physical body? So the way I like to explain it, as most of us have from school have some basic scientific education, is to look at the relationship between physical matter and and force. So we all know if we have a piece of physical matter and there's no force that actually moves it, it will never move. It will just stay where it is for good. That's one of the basic laws of physics. But it's also common sense because we see this every day. It's our everyday experience. And so if we look, for example, at a cell, one cell, let's take, let's take one cell from our body. We look at, we look at one cell and then we look at all the physical matter that makes up this one cell. So we have all the different elements from carbon to hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, all the trace elements. And if we just look at the physical matter that comprises the cell, that's not a cell. If we take all these elements, put them together, we have these elements together, but we have not a cell. And so what is the difference between just the elements together and the cell is a force that is organizing these elements into structure and function of a cell. And the moment this force connects the physical matter, the cell will manifest. When it disconnects, when the force disconnects from physical matter, the cell will fall apart. Or we say the cell has died. So we're talking and about a real strong very, connection here. Yeah, that's about, about the energy body. So that we all have an understanding of what is this thing that people call the energy body. And as a scientist, you know, I studied, I studied physics, I studied psychology, and then I got this medical degree in Germany that's not recognized in the U.S. Is, so I'm, my basic education is science. And so I've learned to observe, to just neutrally observe, and then from observation to deduct and to draw conclusions. Is ah, okay, this is, this is how it works. And um, so I like to, describe things as precisely as I possibly can. Not kind of or sort of, like, just really, you know, this is how it works. And so, for example, if we look, uh, this is one cell. So if you look at the physical body, there's a lot of cells. And this all works the same way. It's physical matter. So to move physical matter, there has to be force. Otherwise, it wouldn't. So very drastically, what happens when a person dies, so this organizing force disconnects from physical matter, the physical body falls apart. Because the organizing force is not there, and we know that this is an instance in which it happens. And so essentially, at conception, this force connects with physical matter, builds a physical body, and at death, disconnects from physical matter. And so then the body, the physical body, falls apart. So, and this force... Yes. Yeah? I think you've anticipated my question. <laughs> okay. So what is this force? This force I call the energy body. So what... 
I don't know if I can tell what it is, mm-hmm. but I have some experience and observations, so I can I can tell some of the aspect of what it does. And this force contains all the templates of physical body structure and function, all of them. And so this is why body repairs itself because there's like the blueprint of how the body has to work, and this is how the force works. So if there's an injury, it rebuilds itself. If there's some damage, it always rebuilds itself. And beyond that, next level, it, this, this, this force is all we feel, has all our emotions. And this force is all we think. It has all our thoughts and all our consciousness and all our memories. Everything that we say, this is me. But interestingly, understanding this, we know that consciousness is not tied to a physical body. Consciousness exists beyond the physical body. And it is so interesting that research has shown that people where the energy body disconnected from the physical body, the people that died, and the cutoff point is when the heart stops beating. This is when it happens. But when the, when the heart starts beating in time again, then there's actually a reconnection. The energy body comes back in. That all these people say, well, they're still conscious. You know, they can see their body lying mm-hmm. on the ground or whatever mm-hmm. happens. They're still fully conscious. Mm-hmm. And they're still fully self-aware. So it's a very interesting aspect of, um, of these empirical data and what I found in my work that is very coherent. Now, I know in your workshop you had uh, several slides, and we're here on the radio, so we can't quite do that. But one thing that I found very helpful in understanding this was the, um, the picture that you had of the physical body, and then around it was the energy body. So does this energy body exist around each person? Yes, it's not only around every every person, otherwise there would be no person has an energy body. Because as I said, it contains all the templates of physical body structure and function, all the thoughts, all emotions, all self-awareness, memory. And it's not just around, it penetrates everything. So, So is it part of the physical body or does it communicate with the physical body? Um... Or isn't that important? Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that's, that's an, I've never thought about it. So, <laughs> essentially, essentially it, you just see, if you wear like a coat, you know, mm-hmm. are, you part, are you part of the coat or are you communicating with the coat? No, you're wearing the coat. Mm-hmm. And this is like when the energy body, Every one of us, we are essentially energy. That's what we are. And to communicate and to have an experience in the realm of physicality, we have to wear a coat so other people can see us. Which is energy. Most people can't see energy to that degree. I get this. So to be able to communicate and have life on planet Earth, we have to wear a coat. Mm -hmm. And this coat is called physical body. Does, does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. That that's that's very helpful. And Margaret, anytime I see you making some notes over there, anytime you want to join in with a comment, would you like to say something here? No, I think I think it's a lovely description, and I always enjoy hearing again uh, Hervik speak of this because of because of his clarity and because of what I see as as real integrity. And no matter how many times I hear it, I always feel in my in my body, a deepening of, of the understanding of it. So I, I appreciate your questions. And I will speak up when, when something comes to me. Thank you. I, I did have this um, strange sensation when I was in your workshop, Hervig, that I knew what you were talking about. I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. I, every time I yeah. listened and understood something you said, I had a tendency to say, I know that. Mm-hmm. And yet, I knew I kind of didn't know that consciously, <laughs> but I knew that with all my being, I knew that. And what a, that was quite a rush. That was pretty good. I like that. Yes. This is, 
this is so beautiful because it tells us something very, very important. So, and I wanted, I wanted to address this on two levels. And one level is the physical. You know, the interesting thing that I learned about healing by practicing and observation is the work that I do is that in every human being, there are two templates of physical body structure and function. And one template is the template I call as is. That's everything that works and everything that doesn't work. And then there's another template that every human being has. It's a template of perfection. So how the body can be without disease, without pain, or even without aging, it's in there. And every human being has that. So to heal, people don't need anything from anybody. They just need this information that's already there in them to be connected to their physical body. So would you experience this on a cognitive level? Because it's the same, it's the same thing. All the knowledge that a human being can possibly have is already there in your energy body and accessible within your system. That's maybe a better word, accessible within your system. It's all there. And so when I speak something that say that is truth, it will touch that truth that's in your system already. And you say, of course, I know that. So for me, learning is not that somebody receives new information. There's no such thing as new information in my experience. Learning is that something in you that you have forgotten is being remembered, is being touched and remembered. And this is the experience that I can see that you have. And this experience is so beautiful because this can only really happen with truth, not empirical truth, a different type of truth. And then, because it is so close to the great intelligence, or to some people call God as well, that it gives us this rush. You say, yes, 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 this is it. It, it is it is a rush. I, I always say I love yes. speed and beauty. And that's that's what I felt yes. around yes. talking about this. Um, so would we say that the human body is completely capable of healing itself when it has access to the information? Yes, exactly. So what causes disconnections within the energy body? And, and how do you reestablish these broken connections? Oh, well, uh, that's, that's, a very, big question. that's very complex. Yeah. So up until now, mostly in most disciplines, disease is viewed as something that happens to people. From outside, and so an exterior I'm, thing. Yes, yeah, happen. right. It happens. Mm -hmm. It happens to you. You know, you're just out of luck. You know, you have been, you know, have been exposed to a germ, or you had an accident. Something happened, and um, that was. And it's still to the present day. It's it's the most it's the most current view. And so when I learned how the system works, and I had a different way of looking at it you know, during my practice and still have to the present day, I understood that there's a whole other way to look at it, whole other layer of dynamics that started revealing itself to me. And so one of the things, one of the main things I understood is that every human being has the power of creation. And I call it creation creating to create using energy. And this would be just a whole class in itself, but I, I want to keep it short here. It's basically, if we have an image in ourselves and we charge our desire and we charge this with enough energy, it will manifest on a physical level. So let's say you want to have like a blue sedan. But if you charge this image with enough energy, this car will come to you one way or another. You might have to do something, but it will manifest. However, 
is going to do this even if somebody will knock on your door, give you the keys, there's a car yours. Which manifestation mm -hmm. I have seen. You know, this is not just a joke. I actually yes. have seen something. No, I, I, we, and we've talked about this on a, a lot of shows, and this is that theme of you create your own reality. Actually, whether whether you choose to yes. or not, you do, either consciously or by oh, okay. default. Oh, oh, very good. So to your listeners, this is nothing strange. Excellent. Yes. Then we can come to the next step. This power is so strong in every human being that everything you experience, you have created. Everything. There's no exception. So there's nothing random or nothing luck or out of luck or whatever. It is a creation. And this power also seems to work that way, that you can't just turn it on or off. It works all the time. Mm -hmm. It's active all the time, so the question is not if, if we create or not. The question is whether we create consciously or subconsciously. So things we do enjoy are mostly things we have created consciously, like a vacation, like a new car, something like that. Something like disease or unpleasant things we have never created consciously. Nobody does that. We have created these subconsciously. And so the question is, how does content like this get into the subconscious mind? So a fixed image that is charged with enough energy to manifest. And I will just give a very brief example of how this, how this can happen so you get the structural idea. So imagine you are a kid. You, you, you know, you're very young, you're excited because you're about to go to school, you know, you learn to become an adult, become part of the adult world and everything, so you're very excited about that. You go to school, have your first days, and it's all very interesting and it's new, and you're very eager to learn, and then you're called, you know, up front of the class to, do, to perform something or whatever, and the teacher ridicules you. So this, an event like this, can be very, very painful. And it can be too painful to actually what I call integrate it or digest it and, and leave it behind. It can be so painful that there's no place in the mind where this can go. And so essentially, it becomes what psychology calls an emotional trauma. The event or the memory of the event will be encapsulated and sits within the energy body. This is a fairly complex process that I've described in the book, so I will just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. What also happens, there's an inherent system of self-protection in the physical body as well in the mind that is designed to keep things like this from happening. And what it will do, it will give the, it will give the event or the memory of the event an interpretation designed to keep this from happening again. Mm -hmm. I, I want to go back to this whole idea of protection in a minute. I want to just say to our listeners that um, this is WERU Community Radio, 89.9 FM in Blue Hill and 99.9 in Bangor. And today we're speaking with Hervig Shun and Margaret Rauenhorst about connective therapy. This is a call-in show, so at the half hour, and that's in about 10 minutes, we'll open the phone lines for your questions and comments, and that number is 866-625-9378. Um, now, Herrig, I want to go back to that idea of how the body protects itself. How does that work? Yeah. So let me let me continue let me continue the train of thought that I just that I just started. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So the interpretation is designed to keep an event like this from happening. So for example, one interpretation that can be given that would be very common is the belief I'm stupid. Because when I'm stupid enough, I will not be called in front of class again. You know, to perform something like this. And, so I won't, and I like won't be ridiculed. Will not, yeah. Right. I won't be, I won't be ridiculed. Mm -hmm. And so then, after this interpretation is given, then, you know, the whole thing becomes subconscious. So here we have a belief that is known by the person to be true with every cell of their body, with everything, but not really consciously aware of the background or what this really is, 
And so if you know something to be true, if you believe, firmly believe something to be true, you will charge this with a lot of energy. And when you charge this with enough energy, it becomes a creation. It will manifest. And so the way it manifests is very simple. You will attract people that will let you know very clearly how stupid you are. So you're going to attract people that will confirm the very belief that you have and that you've created for yourself. Yes, exactly. And this is how these kind of content get into the subconscious mind and into the energy body and become creations and manifestations. So are you saying that these things can also manifest themselves in the physical body as problems? Yes, they will because they cause contraction in the physical body and the physical body will not function as well as it could. So these are basically, these are the onset of disease later on. Every disease has that at its very origin, every. I was no exception. Whether it's the accident, whether it be acute disease, whether it be chronic disease, anything, you name it, has this at its very origin because it's a creation that's based on a belief that has been created out of the need for self-protection. So are you saying that every, what we would call a physical illness or any kind of physical uh, negative symptoms have, have a base in some emotional trauma? Yes, exactly. That's powerful. Yes, Margaret. <laughs> well, just from my own experience, it's been interesting. Many of my treatments that I receive are um, a healing of a childhood event or a childhood trauma. And I don't necessarily, at the time of the treatment, have any specific memory of what it is. It doesn't come up as, as something um, traumatic. But as I go along with my life, there will be opportunities where I'll have a reaction to something or someone, and some feeling will come up in my body that doesn't feel comfortable. Oftentimes it's um, defensive uh, or like protective. And I'll, I'm beginning to recognize that that through having received um, and been involved with reconnective therapy for quite some time now, that there's no, the way I can describe it is there's no underpinning anymore. I don't, it doesn't feel as if it's me. It used to be, this is me. I'm defensive. I'm this. You know, it was my, my um, description of myself. And now there's, there's this freedom where this will come, something will come up. And it's almost as if I'm standing on a platform and I'm looking at it and I can say, oh, that's interesting. There's, and it, and it, just, it feels as if something that's been put on me, you know, and it feels as if it's something that's moving through me. So I can still have um, a sense of defensiveness or unworthiness or abandonment come up, but I, there, there's, there's, it's, it's, there's no longer an identification with it. It's starting to, I'm starting to have this sense of, um, oh, that's a part of my humanness. That's a part of something that I picked up from somewhere else. Or does it, does it lose its emotional impact on you or does the emotional effect on you then change? Over, over time it does. And um, Hervig and the Reconnective Therapy also have a really lovely CD on their website that um, describes uh, a practice that we use called quiet time and it's sitting with what is and so i'm also practicing that and and using that more and more in my life so it's not that 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 my focus is to make that emotion go away or not to not have that emotion it's to be able to be with whatever it is so if that answers your question the um it it moves quicker. I have less identification with it. I'm more able to sit with it. Um, and so that, that's how it feels for me right now. So this brings up a point that I think comes to my mind anyway. Um, 
I understand this connection with emotions of the past. But the other thing I also find very interesting is, Hervig, in your book, you also say that it's not necessary to go back as so much of of, uh, psychotherapy and counseling has taught us, that it's not really necessary to go back and mine every little detail of what happened in the past. So how does that work? Yeah, exactly. That was one of the most fascinating things for me to learn while practicing is that, see, when you heal physically, what happens is you connect information from the templates of perfection all the way into your physical body. And so then the physical body shifts, of course, because it receives different type of information. And there's no limitations to what the shift can be. Then on the emotional level, when I saw that it was the same way, it was like, wow. So what happens, for example, for thinking and feeling also has these two templates, template as is and a template of perfection, you know? So what happens is when you connect the template of perfection into the interpretation like that we had in our example, I'm stupid, you know, mm-hmm. there will be a, re- a reinterpretation of this memory that will happen. It will happen very quickly. And it will happen through the subconscious mind because transformation of that magnitude, you, you, can't, you can't go through in five minutes. No, no person, mm-hmm. no mind of a person usually can handle that. I've never seen it. So it happens subconsciously. So just imagine, just imagine this. You know, we had the scenario of the kid being ridiculed, you know, contracting with all the pain and everything and the interpretation. So now imagine this. You have the same event, but you revisit the same event. The same thing happens. The same emotions come up in you, but you look at the teacher and you say, well, the guy must have a really bad day. So what will, what will be left in this kid is nothing. Mm-hmm. There will be no trauma. There will be no self-protection. There will be nothing. And that gives you an idea of what happens when these things are healed by, uh, with the reconnected therapy, by connecting information from the template of perfection. It's in your subconscious mind. It's reinterpreted. It takes a maximum of five minutes. You'll not be aware of this pretty much at all. But then what happens is, all of a sudden, things you have been reacting to, you won't anymore. It's gone. There's no reaction. There's a freedom instead. And instead of creating your future from these places of contraction and trauma, like, you know, the I'm stupid example, you will create your life in these aspects from who you actually are. And so the shift is on all levels. It's physical, because wherever this pet in the physical body might have caused symptoms, and emotionally, mentally at all. So it's healing literally at the origin of a symptom, because the origin is a creation. I think the thing that's so um, interesting to me is the speed at which this happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we're used, we're used to um, therapy taking a certain time. Yeah. And um, so what we do in the reconnective therapy is the transference of information. And so just imagine, you know, just, just look at a computer. You know, if you have this new generation of Apple computers, which they call the Thunderbolt, just like several gigabytes a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, a gigabyte, these are like thousands of books. You know, gigabyte book, I don't know, what what has a book that I could ever book, like a hundred kilobytes, something like that. Mm-hmm. But imagine within seconds, in the realm of energy, it's even faster, mm-hmm. like this. So what we're dealing with here is simply a transference of information and in the realm of energy, takes almost no time at all. And so treatment is really is like a few seconds, up to a minute or whatever, and then the body has all, the body and the mind have all the information they can handle at the moment. 
Yeah, that for that's, me, that to learn that for me was yeah, fascinating. Yeah, that that is that is totally fascinating. Um, if you've just tuned into Healthy Options, I just want to remind you that this is uh, WERU Community Radio at 89.9 FM Blue Hill and 99.9 Bangor. And today we're speaking with Hervig Shen and Margaret Rowenhorst about reconnective therapy. Uh, this is a call-in show, and we will be opening the phone lines shortly for your questions and comments. And the number for that is 866 866- Six two five nine three seven eight, and I want to remind callers, um, please call in soon because sometimes we get a lot of people calling in the last five minutes and we can't take your call. We also have only one call-in phone line uh, because we have Hervig on the other line, so only one is available for call-ins. So if you do call in and you get a busy signal, please hang in there with us and we will take your question or your comment um, as soon as we can. So we're going to open those phone lines now. And call in at 866-625-9378. Andre, I'd, I'd like to share an experience that I had that's related, I think, to what we're talking about here, about um, this movement happening uh, on the unconscious level and then the reinterpretation. Is that, um, as I remember it, one of the, the first treatments I received um, I'm not sure, perhaps it was called a family constellation, I'm not sure, but uh, a little, you know, a number of months later, I was talking with some people and I was telling a story about my younger sister. And it was a scripted story, it was a story that I had told many a time. And it was, I can't even remember what the aspects were, but some aspect about she did this and she was this way and she was that way. and. And I started to tell this story, and all of a the sudden, there was nothing there. There was no impulse, no motivation. There was, it was like looking at myself and saying, this isn't true. And it was a story that I had told for years. It was a belief system that I had, um, that I held. And it was so liberating. And it was just gone. I think we all have stories like that. I'm certainly sitting here, and my mind is just going like crazy. Oh, those scripted stories, especially about family members um, that have been a part of our lives sometimes since we were born. And those little scripts just keep running over and over again. I think we have a caller on the line. We have a caller? Would you like to go ahead, caller? Please give us your name and tell us where you're from. Are you um. I'm John Libby from uh, Montville. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, John. Um, I have uh, a girlfriend who um, has some people that she goes to who um, are um supposed to stay with who are um, like I've never met them and uh, she uh, she had an accident with her car and uh, got and went to them to buy a new car and um, I thought that I wanted to very much wanted to, to buy, help her buy the new car myself. Um, um, were there were there health issues from this accident that she had? Well, maybe you can you can connect up with us um, again, John. Um, we do have another caller on the line. Um, we don't at this point. Okay, um, John, are you still there? Can you can you call us back? I think we lost. I think we lost John there. Um, I think in this other half hour of the show, uh, we are going to get some more calls coming in here. But I would like to talk about uh, what happens when a person goes to uh, 
one of you to a practitioner for reconnective therapy? I mean, what what can the person... Oh, we do have a caller on the line. Okay, go ahead, caller. Tell us your name and where you're from. Oh, this is Bob Paulson from Golden, Colorado. I've actually had treatments from Herwig before, and he's coming through Golden, but uh, again, later this month. So. Mm-hmm. And what's been oh, your experience? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I'm go ahead. I myself on the radio. But anyhow, um, yes, Herwig, I'd like to ask you a question about... Uh, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you that I just love what you say that rings so solidly in my center core being. It's just like, I know you're telling the truth. I know this is how the universe works, and I'm quite delighted to have uh, connected with you. Uh, my question for you is, uh, have, in previous treatments, I think the last one was about a year ago, I knew at that time I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and I know you've mentioned before, when you sit with a person in, in, in a room full of people, you basically match the, each person's individual template for what they need uh, specific to uh, uh, what their highest need is, I should say. So my curiosity is, um, how, how does that part work? How does, it, how, do you, how does your template figure out, oh, this is higher priority because my prostate is, cancer is still here. It didn't go away, and I'm just curious what the next step might be for getting some specific treatment uh, focused on that area. Uh, okay. Oh, that's uh, that's a, that's very interesting, and that that actually requires some uh, some more talking on my part. And um, so, essentially, see if you look at the template of perfection, this is our true nature. This is who we truly are, and the only reason this is not fully active in our system is because of what I said before, because of all the beliefs that have been generated in our past create a different reality. And so the shift at the origin is a shift of these beliefs, is a shift of how we interpret what has happened in our life. And so it's a shift that happens on the level of the mind. And then it shifts in the physical. And so, first of all, in these temples of perfection on all levels, physical, emotional, mentally, these are inherently intelligent. They're not like like a drawing, like a, you know, like a static drawing of a building, you know? They are part of the great intelligence. They're very, very intelligent and they know what has to happen for the healing to be most efficient. <laughs> that is something that we ourselves cannot know unless we may be fully enlightened or something like this. I don't know. But this is something in the, uh, in, in the more than 20 years I'm a practitioner now, I learned to completely trust in this intelligence and work with that. So it's not me that's determining which information is to be connected as a therapy of reconnect as a therapist of reconnected therapy, I provide the opportunity for this to happen. And the intelligence in your system, in your templates of perfection, decides what is to be connected and what is most efficient. So in a in a way I cannot I cannot say, okay, today we work on this, tomorrow we work on this, or third day we work on this. I provide opportunity, and then I can read, what is your body doing with that? And sometimes the healings on a physical level are very dramatic, and sometimes it takes time. And also sometimes I've been working with people for like a year or even longer, and although they've shifted on many levels, their symptoms have persisted the same way. This is something I have no control over. Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely okay. perfectly. I'm, I'm quite delighted. Uh, as a matter of fact, in this past year, since I haven't seen you, I'm, like I say, I'm looking forward to seeing you when you come through Golden this fall, or Ajarvada, actually. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm quite delighted with your new take on things. I, I wasn't aware that you're working on the uh, 
uh, the mental level, how you interpret things, your perceptions. Because in this last year, I've got a lot more training. And yes, I'm creating this programming that's actually interfering with my moving forward, fully conscious of my health, my healing, and all, all processes. So I do realize I do have to take responsibility for the kind of thoughts that generate this. Your, your earlier comments were right on. So there's a lot of techniques and uh, principles out there for getting in touch with these, uh, and Hindus call them asanas. There's these kind of uh, old remnants from childhood that your cognitive mind couldn't handle as a child that you just incorporate in your body. And you, you explain perfectly how that uh, re- reaction perpetuates itself throughout all your interactions. So I'm very much looking forward to downloading the MP3 that's available on your site. I just found it. And I see yeah. this kind of technique you're offering now as being a very powerful tool because you need to get in a space where you can see things without getting reactive to them. And that's kind of been my thing. I've been very, very passionate and reactive to a lot of world news things and wanting things passionately. But the fact is, I'm doing a disservice to myself, burning myself up uh, when they don't appear. And um, I understand my programming prevents that from appearing. So, uh, yes, I'm looking forward to that aspect and getting some charge of what's happening in my face and how I can direct my energies of how to relate with people on a much more humane and, uh, uh, let's say, connected level, love-connected level. So thank you very much for what you do yeah. and how you do it. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks. Thanks for thank your you. call, too. Um, what, what this brings to mind is that um, do, do we live in a culture that sees the human body in a mechanistic way in that most people go to the doctor because they want something fixed and and there's not this idea that whatever you want fixed is perhaps the tip of the iceberg and connected up with other things i mean is yes, that- it's a way of looking at things that we have learned mm-hmm. and uh, so as more information comes in and is available then uh we can see things in the in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, we and have another caller. Okay, we have another caller yeah. on the line. Caller, your your name and where you're from. Uh, good morning. Yes. Well, actually, I didn't mean to interrupt. Did you want to finish what you were saying? Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, my question is whether you might be willing to comment about how um, negative experiences that happen in one's childhood or in one's life uh, can create a character in a person. Uh, you know, when you talk about problems, perhaps, um, for me, the concept of sink or swim, you know, uh, is what I think of when someone actually prevails, they have uh, conquered and created new character somehow over the years by dealing with something negative. So what has a person done with a negative event? Um, I guess, as you say, Hebrick, that must have been manifested somehow internally or given a place internally um, when a positive outcome, such as uh, so-called character building, uh, has an effect on a person. What, what, what mm. has a person done? Thanks. Uh, this is so. This is so interesting, you know, because what it leads us into is a totally different way. This understanding can lead us into a totally different way of how we relate to ourselves. So what has been in the past and what still most people, the, the way, am, am I still, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. What most people relate, how most people relate to themselves is in a way that's more static. They say, this is why, you know? So let's go back to the example of the belief to be stupid. Let's just say, this is who I am. So what this will do and the shift that will happen and that we can also start practicing and train ourselves to be, to have an identification, say, this is who I am, to become more flexible. To say, for example, instead of this is who I am, you say, oh, this is the way I have been expressing myself. So now I choose a different way to express myself. I allow this to shift. And so the fluidity of identification is something that actually is a lot of fun. 
you know, because you can re- reinvent yourself all the time. Say, oh, okay. So far, you know, I believed this to be me. So today, I believe something different to be me. And maybe another day, you know, I get bored of that. <laughs> I, believe, <laughs> I like that. I'm this, I'm this now. And so our experience of life will become so much richer by doing this. And this is actually something we can practice. We have another caller on the line. Are you are you there, caller? Yes. Can you tell us who you are and where are you from? Um, John from uh, Montville, and uh, I I was on before, but I got cut off. I'm um, sorry about that, John. Do you have a question? Um, well, I have. I'm not sure if this is um, something you can answer, but I have a girlfriend who uh, has these uh, friends that are uh, secret that um, I don't, she doesn't introduce me to them. And um, she had a car accident. Mm-hmm. And, do, you, do you have a question for us? Because we don't have too much time left. Could you ask Herbig a question? Well, she went to them to help her buy a new car. And I thought that I wanted to help her buy the new car. And um, uh, to to bring us closer together. But instead, she went to these other people. Are are you asking about about your relationship? Hervig, do you have something you can add in here? Um, what are we talking about here? Finish, uh, let me just ask the question. Yeah. Um, instead, she went to these other people who I feel brought us farther apart and has separated us. So I just wondered what how to uh, what your comments on on that are. Did you get that, Herbig? Yes, I, I understand. I, um, John, this is something I cannot comment on here because the comment I would actually would have to have more time with you and would need more information. I'm, I'm sorry. This is not this is not the framework that I can do this in. Mm-hmm. And we okay. we do have limited time on the show, John, and we're going to give some contact information on how. Um, you can get a hold of Hervig and also Margaret. Margaret is a local practitioner, and I know that both Margaret and Hervig do individual sessions, they do group sessions, and they also do things over the phone. So this might be a good time right now, and John, thank you for, for your call. This might be a good time um, for you each to give some contact information. Um, Hervig, do you want to give us uh, some of that at this point? Yeah, so the easiest way to, um, yeah, first of all, so that you're aware, reconnective therapy can be done regardless of the distance between practitioner and client. So we do what we call phone sessions or long distance work. And um, because it's energy, it's not tied to, uh, to space and time in this way. And so the best way to get a hold of your book a session is to call the office. And we have an office in the United States, and the office number is 360-321-1207. And all the information is on our website, which is www.reconnectedtherapy.com. Thank you. And Margaret, can you give us your contact information? Yes. uh, The phone number is 207 236 8139 and you can also email me at margaret m-a-r-g-a-r-e-t at the start center dot o-r-g those are the best ways to get a hold of us we do have another caller on the line do we have a caller there yes okay would you please um give us your name and where you're from sheila from chicago yes Oh, um, Go ahead. I wanted to, I've been working with Havoc for many years, and uh, I and lately, last year or so, that 
he is working directly with physical type of healing that aside from RCT and I was wondering a little bit more information about that. Okay, Arabic? <laughs> yeah, so what you, sometimes the way the energy moves is that it doesn't go directly to the origin, meaning to the origin to the belief uh, where it has been, where a condition has been created, but it does work just on a physical level. And that can that can be anything. So the body can shift anything. There's no there's no limitation to what can happen. You know, it can you know adjust spine. Can the body can heal anything? As I got in the little in the little examples before, you know, it can restructure the central nervous system. Anything, and it again depends on the intelligence and the tempest of perfection, what is a priority at what time? My, my, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I understand. Is it, is, it seems to be separate from the RCT treatment itself because sometimes it's kind of done in between treatments. So I'm curious about how, why it seems separate. No, it's not separate. It's exactly the same. It's just the energy moves differently. And you can direct it toward that physical part, is that it? We're in yeah. general, the regular RCT, you're not directing? That's what I don't understand. No, I never direct. So by, simply by my asking for a certain physical part that's bothering me to be, to be fixed or healed, I, I was under the impression that it was that you could direct it to fit, like a, in a back problem, for instance. No. No? No. It just happens that it happens that way, is that it? Exactly. All right, thank you. Um, You're welcome. Thank you very much, caller. Um, I do want it. we have only a few minutes left in the show, and I would like both of you, Hervig and Margaret, to talk about upcoming events that are happening and uh, we also know that we're going to see Herbig back here in Maine in uh, a while. But could you talk about what the workshops are, what the intensive healing intensives are, and um, give us a little update on what's happening? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, next time um, I will be back in Maine, will be beginning of January, for what I call a healing intensive. And the healing intensive actually goes back to the experience that the longer a group is in this energy of the work, the higher the energy will be. And the higher the energy will be within the group, the more healing can happen. So in the healing intensive, we utilize this phenomenon with a small group of people, and we stay together for four days, and the healings and the processes of awareness that, that can happen are sometimes really mind-blowing. And so the healing intensive in, in Camden will be from January 8th to January 11th, 2014. Thank you. And Margaret, can you tell us? Yes, uh, we have individual treatments, and we have two evening hours a week, and either a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, and also two days available. And also we'll be having a group treatment that is being planned for the third Sunday in September, which is the 15th, and that will be at 5 o'clock. And um, Hervig, just because I've read your website from top to bottom, <laughs> please also tell us about what's happening out in Washington State where you live because you have several other things going on. Plus you're on the road right now, aren't you? Yes, right now we're actually in Southern California, in uh, Los Angeles. So the upcoming events we have, what we do, we have a treatment group in Whitby Island. Oh, well, the upcoming events actually here are a treatment group in San Diego that is on uh, this coming Saturday. And then we have a little round trip, and then we are in Scottsdale, Arizona, Monday, August 12th, and then we'll be in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Thursday, August 15th, and then in Denver, Wednesday, August 21st, and then we'll come back home. And then my wife does this beautiful program 
called Follow Your Heart, The Power of Creation. That will be August 25th. And November the 20th, we have another treatment group. And then and we we're out of time. Another- <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we could go on much longer. But it is the end of the show. I want to thank Amy Brown, our station engineer, for helping us out this morning and for healthy options. I'm Andre Bella. Please join us again next week. And until then, stay happy and healthy. Thanks for listening to WERU, your community radio station. Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the Panama.